Welcome, everyone, to the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Daryl. I'm Philip. And we have a special guest today. Hey there. Hi, this is Chandler. This is Chandler, and he's from the Uncanny Experience and X Reads the podcast. Yes. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I, I was so flattered when you asked me to be on your show. You were, uh, you, I mean, you you are a man of many talents, many hats, even in the X fandom world. So we're so glad that you were able to make time to come chat with us for our holiday special. Yes. Well, I'm I'm happy to celebrate the holidays with you guys. So thank you so much. In the tradition of Burl Ives and Bing Crosby, and other men of questionable morals from the 1940s and 50s. Welcome. Um, Thank you. We, we're going uh, sort of off format for this episode. So It's true, off into a whole different series, in fact. Yes, wow. and this was partially inspired by, one, it being a really fun issue. But, Philip, you've been reading Generation X. Yes, I've been reading it voraciously. And because I think at one point I was like, I need to learn more about M. M comes from this series. And it's good. It's the art is wacky and fun. And Banshee is a hunk, apparently. <laughs> like when he doesn't have those massive mutton chops going, like they cleaned him up in the in the 90s. Yes. Yeah. No, they're uh there is a thing that we did with russell dodderman and he said that that was his gay awakening is banshee in the 90s <laughs> drawn, drawn by joe madera so yes we all know how juicy banshee is in this era oh so good yes and i like it's a good cast of characters like i had only read sync in um current x comics in current x yeah especially like loved the whole thing with the vault and Laura and that whole storyline. Um, but he's here. Jubilee is here. And I love that Jubilee is so obnoxious with the back when I was with the X-Men <laughs> and the others are just like, give it a rest and, yeah. and chamber and skit. Like everyone is fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great cast. It's like, you know, I never read the new mutants. So generation X are my new mutants. So, uh, they were introduced at a prime era of my youth. And so I was so obsessed with their origins from the Phalanx Covenant into the launch of the series. And I read almost the entire series. I can't remember where I fell off, maybe in the 50s somewhere, but I think it only ended in late 60s or something. Yeah, I think so. I just read the entire series last year around this time. So um, I read the full thing. I mean, you can tell and you'll get to the place where they switch the creative team and they're like, oh, well, say goodbye to your current creative team. We're bringing in the new folks to do something new. And then it lasts for like five issues after that. And then it's done. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. It, it didn't last. Yeah. It's too bad. I mean, I, I love that series, though. And I have to say this holiday special is super dumb. Like... Oh. <laughs> super <laughs> super dumb in the sense of like i mean it's meant to be dumb it's not meant to be like serious or anything <laughs> but... yeah and i think that's the tradition of marvel holiday specials and holiday issues anyway they mm -hmm. are almost not canon um they are 
it's not a- canon in like how Threshold and Voyager is so bad they deemed it not canon or it's just like out in left field? It's out in left field. Okay. It is them having fun. It's giving the creators an outlet to like, here's the cast of characters. Just do whatever. Like it doesn't really matter. There are no consequences. So right. um, yeah, it's silly. But I will say, so I read this last night and then I read uh, Dark Web X-Men, which is also a Christmas comic. And Ooh. I have to say that the Dark Web issue was phenomenal. And so reading them back to back, I just was like, oh, they really... <laughs> I mean, Jerry they're... Duggan is so good and the art by Rod Rees is so good. And this is just pure holiday fluff. And I'm oh. I'm all about recapping it with you guys, but it, is. it was, it was jarring to read them it, back to back. It is it. It's 90s camp, and um, you got this issue because this is the first episode we're recording since you and I went dollar bin diving, and you found this issue. So um, you had a stack of power pack that then you weeded out from your stack, and then you're like, do you want them? And then I did. Um, (laughs) And now I have almost the complete run of power pack because of that. Well, I love that. Yeah, that was a really good bin dive because... You know, it's so weird to go bin diving because you're kind of just grabbing things you're sort of interested. Maybe you're looking for whatever. But like, I remember prior to that, we said that we're going to look for this issue. And so how are you going to find one issue of Marvel Comics in a free for all, no organized like box after box of DC image, Dark Horse, Marvel, whatever. And like the fact that it was there is unbelievable. And that I got one of my major chase issues I've always wanted, the what if magic became source of Supreme. And I got a couple of the Sinkevich Dazzler covers, which I've been on the hunt for. So I would say it was a very successful bin dive. It was. And just to set the scene for everyone who wasn't there, we're talking like it it happened in the lobby of a dance studio. Like, it was not a lot of square footage. There were, like, three six-foot rectangle tables set in a line, and it was two rows of those. And that was it. And by the time you got there, there were a couple less people than when I got there a few minutes prior. And it was at least 25 people crammed elbow to elbow going through long boxes. I'm glad you wore masks. Yeah, it chaos, chaos ensued. Um, But we found really good stuff. It was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I and I'm sad that I missed out on that Doctor Strange issue. I really wanted because they had it on the pricey wall, but fifty percent off. And I was like, "Well, that's a good deal. I should treat myself to that." I was like, "Let me look through the boxes first. And of course, by the second I thought about it, it was gone. So somebody swooped it up. The first kind of like official Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme is called Doctor Strange 169 where he gets like the iconic red cape and the eye of Agamotto and everything that you know him for and uh, yeah anyways I missed it I missed it but you know I mean as far as the dollar comics some good ones some good ones yeah I feel I have to apologize for the strange facial expressions I made because Nick over here roll flopped he is stage right and then Sage left, Asta is going after some hay. And when the bun buns roll flop, it's just super adorable. So I, I sorry bet. if I was just like. Insert that's okay. No, I, well, you know, that's part of your show is bun updates. So, I mean, I would not expect <laughs> nothing less. Yeah. I mean, the, the, bun up, are doing. the bun update for today is that Asta got very excited 
about the prospect of a treat. Like I put the pellets up on the shelf and I nicked a plastic bag, which sounded like a treat. So she jumped over the wall of her house into Nick's house and Nick had been out at the time. And so she bounded over. Nick was already like very up my leg. Yeah. Where's the treat? And then after a second, he realized that he had competition. And so he went after her and oh got God. a few tufts. Um, I did the total parent like, Nick, you get in your house right now. Oh Tone of voice, which he ignored. Um, and he bit me a few times because I was like trying to physically separate the two of them. Yeah. When, when bunnies fight, they do a bunny tornado. They circle around each other and start biting. So oh. you, if you have to break it up, you have to physically like get in the middle of the two bunnies with your hands and separate. Oh I, have a, I have a scar on my left hand from oh the my. previous tornado they did. Yeah. So you wouldn't think that having bunnies as pets would be so violent. It's like the Real Housewives. Like it's so <laughs> dramatic <laughs> and it shouldn't be. <laughs> anyway, so I'm sorry. That was my, if there's a weird facial expression, it's because the rabbits are doing something. Probably adorable. Adorable. You know, my sister just got nose. three ferrets. And oh yeah. I went over to her house and we were playing with them. And yeah, they, they also are floppy. They're fluffy noodle creatures, you know, that just <laughs> run all over the place and they're super cute. So I totally understand that when they do something adorable, you're like, pause. Yes. Watch this. <laughs> Crazy bun bun dads. Yeah. So the Generation X holiday special, we are talking about December 1998. And um, a couple of pop culture facts because the spreadsheet lost everything. Um, I was going to review some fun Ricky Lake episode titles from December 1998. Um, I will leave the listeners up to your Googling skills to do that for yourselves. It, they were pretty amazing. Mm. Um, uh, but a couple of the top movies, we have A Bug's Life um, topping oh. the box office for December 98. Oh. And also we have Star Trek Insurrection. Uh, oh, I saw that in the movie theater. Oh. My dad and I saw that. And then Evil Sister and my mom went to watch Waking and Divine. And oh. then we ended up watching that one as well oh. because it was so good. And the woman who plays um, the main character's wife is in two separate episodes of Star Trek in two series as two very different characters. Huh. Wow. Vanola, Vanola something. Vanola Hughes. Yes. Wait, isn't that the woman who played Emma in Generation? Yes. Well, I'm just saying you're saying Finola, and I'm like, I could Finola. There's only one woman. Finola that we no, know. There's two. There's... there's two Finolas. Yes. There can only be one. <laughs> and um, in the top ten, there are a couple songs. The number one song involves R. Kelly, and we're not giving that shitbag yep. any credit on this podcast at all. Um, so a couple of songs in the top. 10 we have lauren hill with that thing oh great song oh yeah great song that. great music video as well mm-hmm. um is that from the miseducation of lauren hill it is yes and name we also have britney spears with baby one more time oh hello cultural yeah. milestone it's not just a pop-up that's like dropping the anvil yeah. <laughs> time I mean, December 98, I was, at, we were both in middle school at yeah. that point. Seventh grade, we decided, right? Yep, seventh yeah. grade. So 
Oh, I was entering my email phase, sort of. Ooh. I discovered a radio, uh, Drive 105 in the Twin Cities that played alternative music. And I'm like, this is awesome. You were so alternative. Yes. But before your purple hair? I didn't, never had purple. I had blue okay. and then bleached and then green. Oh, yes. I've had colorful hair in my high school days, but I went to a Catholic high school, so we weren't allowed to have colored hair. But my last like weeks of senior year, you know, you push the envelope as far as you can. So, oh, absolutely. Yellow, pink. I think the blue hair is why I was I wasn't like fired from being an altar boy, but I was never put back on the schedule again. And but apparently the little ladies in the choir loft thought it was amazing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I know my demographic. <laughs> well, they because, you know, little old ladies end up with blue hair anyway. So they're like, oh, that's just a bit bluer than I was going for. It's, exactly. It's like Mrs. Slocum from Are You Being Served? Yes. Except I didn't realize so many of those jerks jokes were so dirty until mm. much, much later in life. British oh, comedy. Wow. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Humphreys bending down to tighten the nuts in his roller skates. Mrs. Slocum needing to stroke her pussy at the stroke of eight o'clock. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, who can keep a schedule for that? I mean, her pussy does. <laughs> um, Chandler, what 1998 fact might you have? Well, so I miss I misread the homework. Well, you're you're going in December, but I was looking at February. Oh, which is fine because this is cover dated February of 99. Mm. well so, i was looking at february of 98 so like let's I said, do it ho- anyway my homework yeah. was was totally wrong so what what i wanted to point out was one of the top songs of that era is together again by janet jackson and by coincidence i just bought tickets to the janet jackson tour called together again so the synergies of the universe are coming together in this episode and that's an amazing song. She wrote it about her friend who died of AIDS. Um, she's a huge advocate. And December, when this came out, is AIDS Awareness Month. So um, it all ties together. Um, Janet is bringing it together. Is this Absolutely. the one that the Aliveness Project is doing its thing, where you go out, eat someplace, and then the proceeds go to the AIDS Foundation? I don't know. That was a thing at one point. It is a, it is still a thing here in the Twin Cities. So um, it's dine out. Yeah. So there's certain restaurants and like there's different percentages of the profits mm-hmm. that they donate. Yep. And there's cool. not much on the St. Paul side of the whole Twin Cities. Um, but there's always things like the Saloon or Eagle Bolt who do mm. great things for the community. Yeah. Cool. I love All it. Right, let, are we ready to dive into this issue? Oh, let's do it. Okay. So this cover, um, it's the standard Generation X title, which is a very specific font. I don't know if I could relate it to any standard font. It's like, mm-hmm. it's blocky like cuneiform. Like, and it has those angles. We have Santa. He looks to be in his sleigh, coming off his sleigh. I there's a reindeer antlers in the foreground. So yep. I think mm-hmm. he almost ran over Jubilee. Yeah, yeah they're on a roof. Yep, it's a roof. Um, The text is, he knows when you've been sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you're a mutant. And that mutant font, look at that green, goopy, mutant, like Toxic Avenger font. Yeah, like it's like Goosebumps level. um, Our corner box has Jubilee blowing her bubblegum bubble. We have skin and we have sync. So uh, uh, Jubilee is getting twice the cover 
coverage yeah. for this issue. Which... Otherwise, there's Chamber trying to hold the, the bag of presents on, and then I don't know what is happening with Husk. She might have gotten run over. It's she She's sort of hollering at Santa, and he's like, don't blame me. Um, we're, we're opening at the Massachusetts Academy. Oh, yes. And... We do have, a, there is some prose that's woven into this issue. So uh, the school bells ring. Are you listening? Across the lawns, snow's glistening. We're keeping it light with all our might. Walking in a winter wonder. <clears throat> As Jubilee, she is the Scrooge. She she literally says humbug in here. She so. does. Um, you know, I was just she... thinking, she's like that, you know, Southern California mall rat. So I bet winters, I mean, she's been in the Northeast for a while, but she must hate when wintertime comes around. She just wants some chili fries. Because prior to here, you were in California too, right? Correct. Like, I was you living describe in California Minnesota winters? 20 years. Well, uh, I mean, so uh, I, I've lived a lot of Minnesota winters, but now that I'm back, I will say that they're beautiful to look at and they're horrible to be out in. And I'm in a situation where I don't have to like leave my apartment too frequently because I work from home. My gym is in the building. Like I don't even use the car every day. And so it's been beautiful. I just look out. I'm like, oh, it's snowing today. And it was just was like, oh, it's so beautiful. But I don't have to go anywhere. And it's wonderful. <laughs> I don't even have to put on a jacket. I feel like... The Californians I had met in college and everything, like I would try to describe the different levels of cold and like the teens is where like you breathe in and sometimes your nose freezes a little like single digits, your nose definitely freezes in on an inhale. And they just had no context for that explanation. They're like, mm -hmm. the inside of your nose freezes. That is horrible. And like, we're just mind blown by either the chilliness or the snow and yeah. They have no they idea. We're not prepared. They have no idea. Well, and then they have this horrible thing where you have to go to class up to 40 below degrees. And I remember being in college on a 30 below day, having to walk to classes. And I was just like, this is not healthy. <laughs> Humans should not be outside. Like, why are we going to class? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, our school district did not close um, often unless the governor literally shut down schools in the state. So I remember thinking like South St. Paul is built on bluffs. And as you go down the hill, I'm like, we're not going to stop, are we? We're just going to go all the way down, all the way. <laughs> all the way down. Yes. <laughs> so Jubilee is harumphing. She yes. hates Christmas. She states she hates Christmas. The title of this issue is yes jubilee there is a santa claus emphasis on the is yeah so we yes. know we're gonna get we're hoping for a redemptive christmas arc for her based off of this first page she is yes now i don't know this team writer joseph harris no not familiar and penciled by adam polina or paulina not familiar no um inked by five different people Oof. none of whom i recognize it's well, bob last name. bob uh we check or whatever he uh, does a lot of inking from oh. the 80s and 90s yeah the only uh, the only name i recognize is bob harris as the editor-in-chief mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. it um so you really do have a 
an odd creative team that was given this assignment of we need a generation x holiday issue right now exactly. just just do it just do it right now yeah and then there's a special thanks also to nelson castro not familiar with nelson but special thanks to you nelson thank you shout out to nelson castro thank you for bringing us this issue somehow <laughs> yes in your own way um and this issue, just not to confuse the listeners, it cuts between so many different locations quite often. Um, sometimes between one page and the next. It can be one page, we're at one location, the next is a separate, and then we go to a third. So I will say, though, for Generation X, they do provide a lot of the elsewhere or like elsewhere, a different elsewhere, this location. Like it, yes. <laughs> there's the text boxes that tell you where exactly you're supposed to be. Even if it's some vague, ambiguous elsewhere destination. Mm -hmm. So the elsewhere that we first go to, it's a bunch of elementary school kids. And I recognize this bullshit from my childhood, like in terms of like how they are dressed, uh, the fact that you're just left out on like a cold field for recess. You're probably going to be somewhat soggy when you come in Mm -hmm. and no one cares. Did you ever get sentenced to the wall? Like when you're out in the, in the icy uh, tundra for recess and then you do something bad and you have to go stand against the wall? No. Oh, I smashed, like, you know how there's like that one texture of slush and you just smash it and it goes. Yeah. And I did that right in front of a lunch lady and she's like, get on the wall. Wow. So I wow. had to stand there for like 10, 15 minutes. I mean, you and I both went to public school here in Minnesota, but again, my experience was so much different. I mean, I had yes. the wall, but I didn't I didn't have this bully well, like, I never, the fly situation. I only had a bully in winter one time. I'm not gonna name him. Do I remember it? I do. And um he stank a lot. He was a stinky kid, but he was also a bully. And he picked up like this giant thing of snow and ice and like threw it at my head and like I started crying and he he probably got the wall our version of the wall I never got the wall because I was too busy sassing in class and not and that's how you got sent to the principal's oh I did (laughs) like I definitely I I need to apologize right now to my fifth grade science social studies teacher um for calling her a bitch because I was trying to read a book (laughs) while she was trying to teach I just book I was trying to read my favorite book of all time, which is Gone with the Wind, which I know is super problematic (laughs) in terms of literature, but I started reading it annually in fifth grade and I got in trouble because I wanted to free read. I needed to see what Scarlett O'Hara was going through. Um, I didn't want to learn about like states or whatever, like no. Asta just went through a very big stretch and yawn and she is fully splooted. Oh, good for her. Um, not fully splooted is this child who's getting picked on Mm -hmm. Um, he's getting his name is Matthew he's getting the shakedown for his lunch money really he is like and these kids are vicious like it's a whole crowd of them and they're like how much did you get why isn't it more why is it only a dollar and 60 cents I know it's like yeah they're trying to upsell their bullying they are They're like, like you can need you to bring more, more next time. <laughs> um, and Matthew, somewhat against what we've come to know as the pattern for manifesting mutant abilities, he manifests them in elementary school, which is like 10 years too soon. Uh, yeah, it's usually around 13. I was gonna say seven, yeah, usually, except in the case of Madrox, right? 
Yeah. Yep. Because he's uh, we had that was an uh, dear listener. If you remember from our previous issues when we covered his origin story, mm-hmm. we never we haven't gotten a payoff yet for what is he he's not really a mutant and they've just sort of left that question floating out there and i really hope they answer it like what is he if he's i mean it's peter david he does answer questions and he does he's not like some other writers where the long form is happening yes but still it hasn't been touched in so many issues that we've covered i know yeah the magic of peter david which by the way I think he's still currently in the hospital. Our best oh, wishes yes. to Peter David. Yes. Um, the latest update from his wife on GoFundMe was that he underwent surgery and now he is in some physical therapy okay. and stuff That's like promising. that. Yep. So um, our best wishes to Peter David, but he will answer questions. This is his grand plan for uh, X Factor. You just have to wait. And sometimes it's waiting 50 issues. I mean, also bonus points to Chandler for remembering that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he, he's one of the few. I don't know if Iceman also is an early early adopter of mutant powers. For some reason, I recall him being very young, but. Maybe. maybe I mean, maybe not this he, young. he was a late bloomer in some regards. Yeah, correct. But <laughs> early on the cold side. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Matthew manifests his abilities and basically um scares away the bully there's no there's some pink uh psychic powers and little urchins are being yanked off panel you oh, see yes. Ooh, one yeah. panel like a telekinetic a sudden, sort of yeah. and it's just the kids feet flying off so yes. i don't want to get it ahead of ourselves but i don't think i'm spoiling anything for later in the issue do we think that matthew is going to show up on krakoa we don't have a defined power set for him, do we? We have like some sort of mm. like ability to yank telekinesis. I think it seems to, well, and then he, you know, not too many spoilers because you know this is a whatever 20, 30 year old book. Um, he does use it on Santa to like restrain him, I think. So I think it's telekinetic in a way, yeah, right? like some sort of binding power. Hmm. So we're seeing a little bit later, uh, that is the text bubble, later. Um, In the same elsewhere. Yes. All the kids are getting off the bus, and we see a mailman who looks sort of like Fred Astaire. and Serving some David Niven. And we know that the bully lives like two houses down now. Yeah. But at least our our victim of the bullying matthew has a friend in the postman he does he does and that postman just wants to get his route done before the snow flies which i can't blame him i mean given what we've been experiencing over the past day and a half here absolutely um we get not to steal something from your own podcast an ad alert here for boy color yes and it's a lunch lady. She has some eyeshadow. She looks like Pearl Forrester from Mystery of Science Theater. Shout out to Mary Jo Peel. Yes. Um, that green eyeshadow matches her lime green blazer. I I would eat whatever this food is. I'm. I, it's looking like meatloaf with sauce and peas, but also I, like jello. oh, and lemon jello. Oh lemon? yeah, that lemon jello in that cup. Like that's a fancy cup. That's lunch. That's a for lunchtime. 
Yeah, I I don't know what I don't know if it's meatloaf. It might be Salisbury steak. Oh, correct. Like Either way, I would I would eat this cool. as a kid. I would, I would totally eat it. Yeah. And she's wearing rubber gloves, like yellow rubber gloves. Mm-hmm. Like, is she serving food or is she washing dishes? But she also that is straight up like <laughs> an, it's an actual lunchroom. My grandma was a lunch lady for 19 years, so I can confirm. The hairnet? No, that tile wall. Like oh. that that is a lunch room. Yeah. With the also the 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 tile uh cubed glass. Oh yeah. Like it, it might be an inner city. Like bullets will not get through those. No. <laughs> yes, but yeah, Game Boy color and uh what does it say? It says what's bluer than the mystery meat? More yellow than the nuclear gelatin cubes, redder than the lunchroom lady's lips. New Game Boy Color, it plays old and new Game Boy games in a smorgasbord of tasty new colors. Delicious. Oh, I just went to a smorgasbord last weekend. Did you? Now tell yeah. us, what is a smorgasbord? Yes, it's in a, it is in a church basement. Yeah. Oh, which is related to another story that we have about um, Daryl's not uh unfamiliarity with um church potluck salads um so my grandfather like my grandparents in iowa um their lutheran church would do a smorgasbord in december and we make the sausage for it so very swedish um we made five batches last weekend um good sister and her small child although the small child was not helpful he goobered inside a grinder so she took him to the library to get him out of that situation. Like the meat, like how you're making the sausage, literally how you're making the sausage. Oh, where, oh, well, the tomato, the potatoes and the onion get ground into that and then mixed in with the meat and then the seasoning and stuff. So we make two batches of potato curve and we make three batches of barley curve and then the barley we keep for ourselves and we send the potato to church. The barley is tastier. Mm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just pork, barley, salt and pepper wrapped up in a casing. So like it's this whole operation and you can't have fewer than four people because we did it with four and we realized how how nice it is to have additional hands. Um, So they that is your family's offering at the smorgasbord. Yes. And people make Kringla and Oostkaka and like Good Sister's goal was to get (laughs) Oostkaka, which is translates to uh, cheesecake. It's like a. okay. You're saying words like as if we know what they are. (laughs) Oostkaka does not sound like food. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it was caca. You've you've used uskaka and grinder in this conversation, and it's not even <laughs> relating to our identities. And... No, but the food is so good, and like, and then my uncle makes the lutefisk the day oh. like. During I've had lutefisk, lutefisk, whatever. And there was pickled herring too, and that, that was also quite good. Mm-hmm. No, it's and, not. And lefse, I'm familiar with lefse as well. Yes. Oh, this is Swedish. So lefse is Norwegian. I oh, sorry. Lefse. I'm Norwegian. He's Swedish. All mixed up. I'm sorry to anyone listening that's not from Minnesota because there's like some weird fucking rivalry where like the Swedes and Norwegians don't get along. It really? makes no they, sense. And they eat their lutefisk differently. The Norwegians put butter on it and the Swedes do white sauce. It is stupid racism. Um, anyway, oh so there's this like church potluck of all these foods, like all the fruit salads involving Cool Whip and marshmallows. There wasn't, there was not the fruit salad that was mostly vegetable. You know, like there's one that has like celery and nuts and no. carrots in the jello in the jello salad. 
Um, and Daryl did not realize that when you make a fruit salad for these potlucks, you would just mix in marshmallows. He thought there would be like a layer of melted ones. And he's like, no, just, just mix it all up. Oh, yeah. Wow. I- I'm learning myself, you know. I definitely, you know, I- I- I'm a Catholic, you know, born and raised Catholic. And so I definitely know church potlucks, but we never went full Swede. And I also, I went to college for one year to St. Olaf College, which oh. is cool. Yep. Uh, and so they had very similar Scandi food, but obviously that's where I'm getting confused with. L- yeah. What's it called? So it was delicious. And Morgasborg is like an overabundance of food and it was all sorts of tasty. So uh, in the context of this ad, yes, it right. is a, a smorgasbord of shit. Um, but the listener. Game Boy Color will give you colors from that smorgasbord of shit. Right, correct. Dear listener, thank you for bearing with that like wild ride. All right, we're gonna go to still elsewhere in this okay. issue. Um, okay. And it, you know who I was surprised to see? These two characters. I was very surprised to see them. I was not expecting them. Me neither. Okay, who wants to introduce them? It's Nanny and Orphan Maker. Last seen <laughs> like in current comics in Hellions and then banished to the pit. Oh, yes. the, it, but they're the Sabretooth. They're in the Sabretooth series right now. Oh, yes. Um, and they had been Generation X villains before. So this is not Gen X's first run, run-in with Nanny and Orphan Maker. They're in a cute little cottage. They're like Nanny decorated for Christmas. She really did. There are giant yeah. candy canes around that door frame. Like, I love legit, her gingerbread house. apron. The apron that she wears over her egg-shaped body is, and, and it covers her mouth. It just it like goes all the way up to her eyes. How does it fasten? How does she fasten? She is a smooth. She oh is round. Come on! I know there's no way that would stay up and over her. So yeah, I don't know the I don't know the logistics of this or the physics of this apron, but I love it. And it's a also big I was reveal. trying to read this box. This oh, oh. wakeys, cakeys, wake, cakeys, wakeys. High in sugar. And it looks like there's some sort of tripped out monster creature on the cover that's drooling and it's got bubbles around his head. Yeah. There's some perspiration happening. And she, in the same panel, she is serving a giant platter of cookies. Like Mm -hmm. cutouts. Like she, that's a lot of effort right there. Yeah. I'm going to be doing that on Saturday. Nanny cares a lot about... Peter and what he's doing and how he is sort of loyal to her being she, raised yeah. she does not care about the sugar content no at all and I will say like it is fun the reveal like you get the the cottage you get the a hand putting the star on the tree and then you get the star tipping and the hand being like oh no it's not balanced and then you get nanny and you're like what and uh, she's even serving a cookie. It is conjoined twins. One mm-hmm. is happy, one is sad. Um, I didn't even notice that. I noticed the stockings in the background with the little trumpet. Yes. And, I, and what I noticed is that there's three stockings. So if it's just the two of them, Ooh. who's the third one for? Oh, it's for the child that they're going to orphan. Oh, yes. yes. Oh. Um, orphan Maker is making his list for Santa. It is a huge is a, scroll. A literal scroll. Not scroll, but scroll. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Peter, you can't just focus on your list. You're forgetting something. We need to murder. <laughs> We're out here to commit exactly. some homicide, okay? Exactly. 
So uh, put your list down. We're going to go homicide. Um, so that's the setup we get for that. Again, two pages, quick, and we are on to the next. It's a mall. And elsewhere still, and it's a mall. Ooh, I love a mall scene in X-Men comics. Oh. I can't get enough. Like, next to the X-Mansion, it is their most classic setting. Especially if you know that Jubilee is involved. Yes. Like, her natural habitat. All right, so we have some of your favorites here. It's Skin. It's Skin. It's and Sink. M. And M. And M is like, you all are embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> I gotta go. She is so ready to go home. This mall is so busy. And what is somebody carrying a Christmas tree inside of a mall? Like, why? No, you get that from the Dairy Queen down the road. <laughs> I know. You don't bring it into the mall. Or maybe they're outside. Oh, it might be an outdoor mall. Like like a, a parking lot sort of scenario. I have been to outdoor malls in Massachusetts. So it's warm enough for them to do that sort of thing? Yeah. I mean, it's theoretically warm enough here to do that sort of thing, but you get that in Loring Park and it's like five degrees and it's... Mm. it's I also love the art style. So they start doing this on this page about um, outside of the frames. They start just including toys that are not associated with the panel itself, but they've got like robots and and packages and stuffed animals and stuff just hanging out in the corner. Oh, there's a bun bun. There is a bun bun. Oh, a stuffed bun bun. Props to Daryl for pointing that out. It's those crazy bun bun dad eyes. Yes. Um, and this is an instance of we are there for one page and then we go to page. Some angst, <laughs> some teenage lovey dovey angst. Oh boy. Because, like, the, if we want to narrate it, it is a country girl longing for a country Christmas. And she is just gazing into this snow globe and she has some sad girl face. And the, the I mean, the first panel is the snow globe scene with the Santa sleigh and the reindeer. Mm -hmm. And then you yes. zoom and it looks out just like page. the Guthrie farm. Actually, it kind of psychs you out because you think, yeah. oh, we're going to the Guthrie farm. No, nope. no, we're not going to see her hot brother because weather and like legit having been stuck in a whole region of the united states when everything was being shut down and i had to take a train out and the train was the only thing leaving the pacific northwest mm. in 2004 yes was this a christmas thing too like a, i'll be home for christmas wait for me mom and dad yes I, the train was delayed a full 24 hours <laughs> but like the airports oh. were shut down the interstates were shut down oh my gosh this like, is a the movie. Train it's a hallmark movie just waiting to happen and then on the train you meet the love of your life and then they happen to be super rich and it's a Hallmark movie. <laughs> That's a Hallmark I, movie waiting to happen. <laughs> I miss the Hallmark movie. I got stuck to a dude who did not understand when you have headphones in and a book in front of you that you don't want to talk and just went through all of his life story. I would have told him to fuck off. But I did have a bag of cookies with me. So, you know. Oh, I was going to say, just ask how much money he makes. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, Paige, being a sad girl, yes. we, we have... Page's natural counterpart in Generation X. Chamber. It's yes. Chamber. It is the unrequited love story of this entire series. Mm -hmm. And it's even referenced in Legion of X this week. I haven't gotten to it yet. I, have, I stopped reading that series. Sorry. 
I, I, I know. He loves Legion of I X. Love oh, I love Legion of I, X. It is on my pull list only for Philip. Because he's a good partner. Yes. Yes. Well, that that is good. That's very supportive of you. So, um, Chamber is wonderful. Mm-hmm. He's, like, trying to cheer her up. He's like, you know, I, I got my presents from my parents in the mail, like... And she's like, well, you weren't going to go home. He's like, well, it would have been nice to go home. Yeah. I didn't plan on it, but it would have been cool. Yeah, she's super mopey. Yeah. yeah. The, I mean, props to the art because like it's giving those that mopey vibe. And mm-hmm. she mopes off and he had actually bought her a present. He was hiding it behind his back. And then she's just sort of a stone cold bitch. And he's like, fuck you. You're not getting this present. And chucks mm-hmm. it in the trash. And it's the snow globe. Oh. That, that's harsher than what he's thinking. He, it is. He I, tried. And then he realized that it was hopeless. And he's like, well, I guess that this is it. Like in that hopeless love story sort of way. And it was another slow snow globe. It was. Oh. Elsewhere in the mall, we have an escalator. And someone carrying tons of presents. And a lot of pissed off people behind this person carrying the presents yeah like these who's people so are the pissed off that... behind an escalator yeah they're the ones that want to walk down the escalator not oh just wait God. for it to do its thing and it is jubilee carrying presents she trips they go mm. everywhere it's like mm. Merloy in the thin man and she's really trying to articulate in the text boxes sort of why she doesn't like christmas like she's she's an orphan and mm-hmm. it it makes her sad, basically. Yeah. Like Christmas makes her think of her parents. So uh, being an orphan on Christmas is not a fun thing. Especially seeing other people sort of rubbing it Who's in. Who's this like bitch of a person that trips Jubilee? Oh, like, the, in the green? Yeah, pardon us, dearie. I bet yeah. it, it looked, it's giving me Agatha Harkness vibes. You know what? No, it's two old gays, you can tell. Ooh. <laughs> It is totally two old bitter gays. I thought <laughs> it was a woman because it looked like she had a bun, but no, I see. It's just an ornament or something. Yeah. I mean, that was before. us at Star Trek trivia last night because at the bar we went to have supper, there were so many small children. And one of the Star Trek gays opened the door, like you do, trying to get in. And there was a child leaning against it. And the parents gave our friend a dirty look. I'm like, no. No. Control your child at a bar that you brought them to. Yeah. Um, before we turn the page to go to our interlude, we do have an ad for Yo-Yos, which is oh, yes. one of the 90-est ads you can run across. Because no, they're no, light-up I mean, Yo-Yos. So into Yo-Yos. I remember, I think maybe it's because of, was there a movie, Three Ninjas, that had one of them did like Yo-Yo tricks with ninja moves or something? Anyways, I just remember Yo-Yos were like, yeah, the shit in the 90s. And I love them. So seeing this ad, yeah, totally screams the 90s. So if we gave you a Yo-Yo, could you walk the dog with it right now? Oh my God, I I would have to, well, you have to prep it so that it can do that. But yes. Okay. I was able to do it at times. All right, we're going to do it. We're going to find a yo-yo. We're going to go to a shop, find a yo-yo somehow in 2022 slash 2023. And you are going to walk the dog. I will. I will. I can do that. (laughs) And I can also do the around the world and then have it snap back. Wow. That's skills. Skills. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm very unrehearsed, but uh, but I feel like if I if I could practice a little bit, I would get I would get there. Okay. It, 
challenge accepted. Um, <laughs> we have an interlude with, is this Matthew? It is. Yes. Okay. Matthew and the, the parents game. are going to sleep and Matthew has hatched a plan. Yes. He's a scheming child. He and is. So, you can tell by that look. <laughs> right? The bottom left panel. That's like, I have a plan. It's going to fuck some shit up. He is laying a trap for Santa with cookies. He won't and even, milk. and he won't even give this little cute mouse a cookie. That mouse <laughs> is looking so hopeful. He's like, you know, you're just going to knock a cookie off the tray and don't worry about it. I'll take care of it for you. Just knock off the cookie. And he doesn't. No. He's, a- he's focused. He has a plan. Yes, and he hides and he waits. And it's clearly, yeah, malevolent with the hiding and the waiting and also mm-hmm. the, the treatment of that mouse. Um, also having a plan, we have Orphan Maker on the next page. This armor is just very convoluted. Very 90s. Yeah, it's too much. I don't. I love the new um, Orphan Maker design, though he's very Iron Man. Yeah, uh, but but I I do like the new more sleek design that we currently have in modern comics. This was a bit clunky for me. So he's on the mission. He knows he needs to make an orphan. That's basically what he's all about right well, now. Well, the mission is to orphan a mutant child so that Nanny can raise the mutant child, right? Because yes. that's what Nanny does apparently, and Correct. like Nanny can provide a much better childhood for this orphan than the the bio parents possibly could. Correct. Yeah, dear listener, if you hear a gentle jingle jangle in the background, it is not sleigh bells. It is in fact Asta shoving her whole face into the hay bag to find the best bits of hay. She's hungry. She's always hungry. Um. We're back at the mall. There's the mall Santa. There's a photo op. Mm-hmm. Um, There's some disgruntled elves happening. Yeah, the, the teenagers who are elves yep. in this situation. Mm-hmm. The angsty child this is who the yanks Santa's kid. beard down. What's his name? Steven? Yeah, Steven. Steven. A.K.A. the prime bully, I believe. Yeah. Yes, correct. Such a bully that he even bullies Santa. Yeah. yeah, and um, we have Skin and Sink being like, you know, it's not so bad being stuck here. And then Orphan Maker crashes into the mall and Skin and Sink are like, oh, we've met this Joker before. Okay. <laughs> he He's basically a simpleton. So we're going to distract him while I use my skin fingers because skin's fingers stretch. That is his... Uh, his epidermis is very flexible. Yes. Correct. Those who are not familiar with it, who are listening, skin, that it literally describes his power, his name does. Yes. So. But I do love how Orphan Maker in these scenes is always like, oh, here I am, I'm going to... Wait, I know you guys. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and his mutant detector like should be trained on the small child that he's there to orphan but no it's there's a whole thing with his mutant detector going haywire because generation x is always around mm-hmm. and so skin puts his fingers in front of orphan maker's eyes and he's like guess who sunny boy oh oh how many chances do I get? And then Monet <laughs> just comes in and wrecks his shit. Like, she is like, 
watch out, and he gets blasted through a wall. Okay, but I would be Orphan Maker in this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's fun. Like, I, I appreciate Orphan Maker's moment of like, oh, this is a game. I love games. So, Sad Girl Husk and Chamber hear the commotion. There are packages flying everywhere. There are packages flying everywhere in a lot of these panels. Yes, there are. And there's also a shout out to Blockbuster in the background. Ooh, Ooh we missed that. Yeah, two for one. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go rushing in and they say, it looks like the sky is falling. They're trying to rescue this child from a giant candy cane that's falling. Yeah, like Chamber gets stuck underneath it, sort of. Oh but his turtleneck comes down a little and the kid is just like, you're a mutie. I'm going to run away scared. Ugh. And oh, Nanny is like, Nanny's phoning in. She wants to know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, hey, Peter, what's going on? And he's like, everything's under control. And um, this is where he gasses Generation X. With pixie dust, which it, he makes it sound like it's a throwback to something from way back when. Like we didn't Yeah, because well, I, I lo- the line is crazy. We used it. We used to use it a while back. Then we stopped. Then Nanny managed to get out of her egg suit, but now she likes it on again. And then we made more orphans and Christmas is tomorrow. And anyways, it's pixie dust. <laughs> and the dust says seasons greetings. I just I, I I'm trying to remember from the Outback days when they were in the X-Men comics. Like I don't remember the use of Pixie Dust. Also, I don't remember ever seeing Nanny outside of her egg. Oh. I've heard of her being outside her egg, but I forget where I heard that. It might have been a reference from maybe Justin from Ex-Wife or mm-hmm. I've only known Or maybe Chad. I don't know. Nanny. But I feel she was out of it at some point. Um, and obviously it was before 98. So it might have been in that wasteland of 90s comics somewhere. Mm-hmm. So we're going to later is our prompt here. And yes. our team, our heroes. They are wrapped up in the season's greetings <laughs> banner. Um, that's what Orphan Makers used to tie them up. And Nanny's like, that's great that you got these fools, but we still have to make an orphan. Priorities. This is not what I sent you out for. Yeah. (laughs) I asked for milk. I did not ask you to bring home bread. Yeah, I I did not ask for angsty teenagers. No. So um, we cut away to the trap. Yes, the trap laid by Matthew. For Santa, very inviting. A tray of cookies. And maybe that milk was used for cocoa because there's a spoon in that mug. Yeah. Hmm. And there is a thump. He goes running towards the Christmas tree. And the narrative is he wasn't the first kid to wait up that night. He wouldn't be the last. Um, but he did have powers to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And it, we see that it's it looks to be santa in this chair restrained um and saying you can't just keep me here child why it wouldn't be very christmas now would it Hmm. putting him on the spot and all matthew can say is i dot 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 i dot 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 and then it cuts to another child just stuttering i and it's jubilee it is what Uh, why 
unknown. She found the hole in the mall that Orphan Maker made. But what? Why would she see a hole and say, "I, I"? It's a very sloppy transition from the team that we've never heard of before. <laughs> yes, and never heard of again. <laughs> um, she is still carrying presents, and now she's outside in the snow in the woods carrying presents. Is this mm-hmm. a very rural mall? I don't. Know. I guess so. They're in is Snow Valley. So yeah, I think they're quite out in the woods. I mean, before I went to Massachusetts, I didn't think they had any rural area. They do. Um, This is obviously, they went to an outlet mall. It's, you know, in Western Mass. There's Mm. a, they they took a little car trip. And Orphan Maker is there. His mutant detector went off. And and, I found Jubilee. And he's like, oh, you're, no. I, he also I says, you. oh, hey, I know you too. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, oops, uh, I gotta go now and just blasts off. Yes. And she's just like, oh, hell no. And she throws down her presence and runs after him. And he has gone to a neighborhood. I mean, since he can get there first. Yes. So mm-hmm. he's there, he's scoping it out. He's trying to find the appropriate mutant child. And he just, he does eeny, meeny, miny, mo. To find yes, the house, who to murder, <laughs> and Jubilee is running, and she it says, and moments after that, it's her like huffing and puffing, being like, "I need to find this fool." Um, Chandler, it, for this for this ad break that we're about to go through, you have been to Mile High Comics. I have. Did they have, as advertised here in the third bubble, Beanie Babies? Ooh, you know, I I don't recall because I wasn't on the hunt for Beanie Babies, but I wouldn't put it past them because that place had everything. It looks amazing. Are there still people that are on the hunt for Beanie Babies? I can go to my basement and hunt for Beanie Babies (laughs) at this point. (laughs) Although there was a stand in the Cub Foods that we went to to get the supplies for this like 1950s salad that Daryl has to make. Yeah, for Christmas Eve. With the marshmallows and the cool wind. And they do have Beanie Babies. Um, My Ohio Comics, good for you. Holding strong from the 90s through now. Um, Orphan Maker's making his way in. He sees some parents in a bed. He's like, hi, I'm Orphan Maker. I make orphans. And then <laughs> <laughs> he's very good at explaining what he does. And it's a puff, 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 puff. And uh, so his like body turns into a gun. He seems to have a lot of piping in this excessive armor that he has, and it seems to yeah, it's like form of a gun. It's a shink. It's not a snicked like Wolverine. It's a right. It's a snick. A shink of like metal cabling coming together to form some sort of weapon. And Jubilee rescues these parents. They're scared. They're under the covers, which I don't blame them. I'd dive underneath that comforter too. Mm-hmm. I feel like within the past five years, I've had a nightmare that was just like, I'm going to hide under the covers. Yeah. But I also love the onomatopoeias, the, her paf, paf, pafs. Yeah. Yes. She uses her powers. Um, he's using the trans flag back at her, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, the pastel blue, white, and pink. Yeah, right there. He says, you're either part of the solution, girly girl, or you're part of the problem. Ooh, and I got no time for problems. 
And uh, so uh, the parents are just basically knocked out. They are befuddled. I think the the clouds with the stars of the the translate colors is pixie dust. I okay. think it knocked them out. Okay. Hence so the stars are on their heads. They are not being murdered, which is great for uh, them. Yes. yes. Great for them. He goes in and grabs a child. We know it's the wrong child. It's it's the bully Stephen. It's Stephen. And yes, I was going to say this is not Matthew. No, no, he makes off with Stephen and Jubilee clinging to his legs mm-hmm. as they fly off. But she loses her grip and falls back down to the earth. And we, uh, well, not the earth, a roof. a roof, the roof. And we learn that she only traveled two houses down before she lost her grip because there are reindeer on said roof. Mm-hmm. And those bringle jingle skits. <laughs> reindeer don't look very happy no they're i think they're they know that they are behind schedule they know yes. the places to be yeah and they are stuck yep so I, somehow okay this is the one thing i didn't get is that <laughs> jubilee goes jubilee goes from pissed off reindeer to i better climb down this fucking chimney yeah it's an actual chimney that has enough space for a human oh no they threw her down because she said bad reindeer Oh! <laughs> Could you imagine being cornered by reindeer as you get dropped onto this roof <laughs> and then thrown down in, a chimney? Then you're shoved into a small space, like they're bullying you. Like we're gonna cram you in this locker, nerd. <laughs> yeah, and she, not only did she fall from a very high height onto a roof and slam down on this roof, but then she fell down a chimney. So face she's first. like, she's like a Looney Tune right now, just Is falling she... over. <laughs> I mean, the onomatopoeias continue to not disappoint. <laughs> There's Blood. a poof and a clud. <laughs> and she rolls out of that fireplace and sees Matthew with Santa Claus. And uh, then we transition to Nanny with the team and Steven in the ship. Okay, but the we, egg we, ship. we should point out that Jubilee okay. faints at the shock of seeing a real-life Santa. Mm-hmm. And that is what that is the transition point to cut to... The egg ship. The egg ship. Yes. And uh, she and uh, this kid is like, I'm not a mutie freak. And she's like, you know, it doesn't really matter. Like, you may not know at this age, but also you can't ruin what we have going here. So we'll keep you. Was Nanny doing dishes? She has like those big red rubber gloves uh, on. No, she always wears those. Oh, okay. Maybe she was serving up school lunch like in that ad. Maybe. I mean, that does jive with yeah. the, with what she does. We're back to Jubilee. She wakes up and she's like, I took a bad fall. This is not real, but Santa is real. Mm-hmm. I just want to put that out there for the listeners. If you need to repeat that for your children, mm-hmm. <laughs> Santa's real. You heard it here first, folks. Yes. Um, what do we think about this reveal? Like this... This is really the climax of the story. I mean, Jubilee is here to rescue Santa, although Santa does seem to have the situation under control. Like, Matthew can just sort of stutter and then gets outed as a mutant. Like, he, Matthew the child knows that these powers are coming, he knows that things are changing. And instead of asking for, like, a train or a Barbie... He's like, I just want to stop changing. Can yeah. you do that for me, Santa? 
tragic. Yeah. Tragic. We get a short cutaway to Nanny on the ship. This is where the reveal from Stephen happens. Uh, like, I'm not the kid you're looking for. It's not the droids you're looking for. Yeah. Right. And um, Chamber calls her Miss Dumpty. Rude. Rude, but fair. Uh, oh. And uh, we go back to Matthew talking with Jubes and Santa. And he he figured out Santa's route because Santa follows the mail route. Yes. <laughs> Duh. Uh, of so, course. Um, Orphan Maker busts in and then sees Santa and immediately like hops in his lap and he's like, yes. oh, oh, I'm so excited. Santa is not ready for Orphan Maker. No. <laughs> and Santa knows shit. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm just reading it. I know. It's, like, it's so funny. Yeah, he wants a choo-choo train. He wants a football. And Santa's like, aren't you forgetting something? Have you been naughty or nice? And he knows he's been naughty. Yeah, he does. Which is an interesting turn for Peter. You think that he would think that he's been nice because he's been following Nanny's instructions. But no, somewhere deep inside that metal cable armor, um, Mrs. or Professor Plum themed armor he has going on. Yes. There's a little bit of a conscience. There is. And then Nanny calls him and he's like, oh, I gotta go. She needs me. Yes. And and Santa sort of laments the fact, like, oh. That child. Yeah. Which I interpret as in my head as other people's children. <laughs> and this is where we get the reveal that Santa wasn't actually held captive. He was there so that he could support this child. Matthew needed him to be there, so yes. he was there for him. But Santa did not inform his reindeer because his reindeer was, were still pissed. Yes, they were. He's way behind schedule. Um, Stephen has run away with Skin and Sink, and they are they basically fake him out and they're like you don't know you're not immune i think that i sent something <laughs> and he's like nah and runs um <laughs> i love i just love sing's aura like in all the issues of generation x that i've read like i just love that his aura is represented as a rainbow and like yes. it's a full spectrum and that sort of cues in on whatever spectrum the mutant that he's syncing with gives off but there's just a nice image of him as like a, a christmas angel, angel with a rainbow theme we get santa he knows he's behind schedule he's like mm -hmm. i'm sorry donner and blitzen but <laughs> we are gonna hit the road and this is where jubilee sort of has a heart-to-heart -heart with santa and it's like you know i've i i wrote one letter to you and it's because my teacher made me. And he and, and he's like, excited. oh, this letter? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he knows. He remembers everything. And he's like, and she's like, I, and in this letter, she's like, I just want my mom and dad not to be dead. And he's like, I'm sorry, child. And that's about it. Like, Santa cannot resurrect people. No, he not the no he is a mutant. He is a mute. That's the gigantic reveal from this book. I don't know why this book is not a key issue that people are getting slabbed 
right now and graded. When they find out that Santa is in fact a mutant. Yes, Santa is a mutant. This is first appearance Santa as a mutant. And everyone's overlooking I think everyone should go out and buy copies of this issue. Let's inflate the value. Yeah, well, it was brought up in Dark Web X-Men, by the way. Ooh. They said something blah, 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 Santa. And then they said a line like, don't worry, we'll just resurrect him because he's a mutant. (laughs) yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah Kasink is like using his ore to find mutants in the area and he's like i got something big and there's mm-hmm. a whoosh that's the sleigh santa's on his way those yes those reindeer are their speed is set to gay like they are <laughs> gone <laughs> they are hyped up on iced coffee and they're ready to go <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then we just get a short little scene of the morning after and Jubilee, she finds a stuffed kitty. It's some <laughs> sort of mammal. It is a stuffed mammal. Oh, yeah. although I want to do a comparison. It is okay. the, they rescued the tree from Nanny's gingerbread cottage. It is the same star on oh. the tree that Jubilee has. Oh my goodness. So wow. wait, do they have like a vacation house now? Since it, they stole that cottage? I must. Sure Frost Enterprises has acquired it and it's their little retreat into the woods. Yes, this is very cute. I love how Monet is opening up a baseball glove and looking at it like, what, <laughs> what the fuck do you even do with this? And Sink is laughing because yeah. witnessing that. <laughs> and Archie and Leech are there. Yes, Archie and Leech and Emma with bangs. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're shout out to is it Slayerfest 98? They retweeted something from Sarah Michelle Geller where she's like, yes. anytime my daughter wants bangs, I show her this picture. And when she still insists, I show her this other picture of when I had bangs. <laughs> the 90s were I bangs. literally was thinking about Sarah Michelle Geller's bangs. She's <laughs> 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 a have... buffy or whatever that that reveal was. Yeah. Yes. That was mm. and we have a page looking like a nine-year-old. In this panel, yes, she is de aged, giving a present to Jono, and Jubilee is just happy with her gift. So, um, basically, the conclusion is that this is her found family. That sometimes you don't always get what you wish for, but you get what you need. Yes, I I referenced chosen family with someone not that long ago because I feel like they didn't have any context for why someone would have a chosen family and it's so real especially in our community yeah Uh, we we don't uh, banshee is right here we can't skip over him oh sure yes i mean that's not the best look for him it really it's not the worst no No, it's true there's no mutton chops he has the course yeah well, that's a, it's a beautiful little splash page at the end, a little scene, a Christmas scene. And they have so many presents for having dropped them all over town. Yes. They must have gone back and picked them all up. Not a dent to be seen in those. Those, those corners are not bumped. No. Mm-hmm. And, and you know that Monet probably just paid like some service to wrap all of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. This she, is would, a, she would never. This is the era of department stores. She went to that Macy's counter and she's like, here's my credit card. Wrap these for me. Yeah. Okay. So I don't even care what's in the boxes. Yeah. Just wrap them. 
<laughs> I feel like this is farther ahead of where I am in Generation X. I think it is. What issue are you on? Ten, like, approximately. Approximately. Oh, the one with Emma standing over a knocked out banshee where he's all buffed. So 45. Stuff. Issue 45. Oh. It's around the same time. Is it? Because if you're thinking of like 12 issues a year, it starts in 94. Let's look at the publishing date. Nope, that's just an ad for recess. This is from... 1998. Yes, so you are roughly the same place. So this is like the actual Monet, like... Yes, oh, there's so much confusion. Where's, oh. where's Penance? Because the twins have amalgamated mm. themselves into Penance because previously the M that we had before was the twins. Yes. And Monet was Penance, and then they basically swapped. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I can't it, believe we're getting into this on this no, episode. It, <laughs> just continue on your Generation X journey. It does not get simpler. No, because I know that there must be some other stage in this amalgamation power that one of them has, like that their family has. Yeah. Because um, in X Factor, Monet, in the Doc Samson issues, is just like, I can feel pen, penance inside scratching, trying to get out. Mm. And hmm. so I'm interested, I'm very interested in how penance gets added like into her. They mess that up so much. Yeah, it, it gets weird. Um, I forgot what the original point of the story was. But, but Well, this is somewhat ahead of where you are. But again, remember, it's separate. Oh. holiday issues are always like they basically are like we're just gonna throw in whatever team members we want to write and they're gonna be in this issue so it's like that soap opera that would have like the dollhouse christmas episodes and that was its own confined universe sure away from the drama yeah that reference it was the soap <laughs> that had are you talking about passions that's its own episode but no um <laughs> the one with luke and noah and he, luke was the first or not the first, because you because you have Dynasty, um, yes. Like soap opera character, like daytime soap opera character to come out and then like have a relationship and first gay kiss in a soap opera, and it was <laughs> as the world turns. I think. See, you were watching like current soap operas in college, and I was watching my box set of Dallas. So, and then there weren't box sets, and I had to get them bootlegged from the Dallas forums online. You can't oh. bootlegged. So, um, Chandler, what did you think about this issue now that I forced you to find it in a dollar bin? Well, as I said at the top of the show, it's really dumb. And, <laughs> and, but I'm glad I read it because, you know, we love a. We love a Christmas moment with some of our favorite characters, but I thought the writing was a little weak. I love Nanny and Orphan Maker, so it was fun to see them. And uh, yeah, and you know, at the end of the day, it was all about how Santa keeps all his receipts. So <laughs> he does. Yeah. He knows to to harken back to Dynasty, he has the receipts. He's waving them from mm. like the top of the banister. He doesn't even need the physical copy. He has them memorized. Yeah. So he, I untapped mutant potential of Santa Claus. Let's let's get him on a team. If you had to put Saint Nick on a team, a current X team, what would it be, and why wouldn't I, it be Marauders? I, well, I think it would definitely be X Force because you know 
he he has access to every home. He can get around the world super. I mean, I guess they have the gates. So, but I feel like he would be a great X Force member. I think he would Brutal. be Team Beast, but he would be Team Sage. He wouldn't be Team Beast. Correct. I think. Well, who knows? You know, we don't know Santa. Is the, or there's or is there a Krampus turn in there somewhere? Ooh. I would have said the main X Men because of the whole public image front facing. Oh, he's like the good PR man. Oh, oh I can't get any more PR than Santa. Santa. Yeah, they're like, oh, the mutants, they have resurrection. And Santa's like, hey, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> what, what team would you put him on? Oh. And why is it Legion of the Oh. <laughs> he might exist in Legion's mind. I mean, mm-hmm. he might be trapped there, oh. if you think about it. Yeah, that's he, why we haven't seen him in forever. He's stuck there. Her. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Chandler. Where can yes, people find you? You can find me on my podcast. It's X Reads and X Men Experience on your podcast platform of choice. Or you can find me on social media at X Reads Podcast. That's the letter X R E A D S Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, and then me personally, I am at Never Five Get. That's Never the Number Five Get on Instagram. Great. And we have the Uncanny Experience coming up next year. Correct. In beautiful Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yes. We promise it won't be snowing then. No. Uh, You you planned it very well to be outside of the snow window. Correct. Yes. It's in September of 2023. And if you're interested in learning all about how to enroll at an immersive experience for Xavier's Institute and meet the likes of Chris Claremont and the voice of Rogue Lenore Zan or the voice of Wolverine Cal Dodd, you can go to theuncannyexperience.com and learn all about it. Great. We will be there. We are planning our cosplays for it, and neither of us have done cosplay before. So, like, I need to do measurements. And yeah. Things. Oh my gosh. Are you guys going to do characters or are you going to do students? Characters. Ooh. Yes. So, I'm doing um, Bobby in his little romper outfit, okay. the red and black yes. one. Yes. And I'm doing Mad Rocks from. Oh, very nice. Which, which investigations. version? Oh, investigations. I, nice. Yes, I'm going to be very on brand great i love it all right well thank you everyone for joining us for this holiday special we hope that you go and buy this copy of generation x on ebay i'm sure it is up to like 50 dollars an issue by now easily Uh, easily or it will be after this episode comes out yeah get it soon oh yeah get ahead of the curve get it on uh, take a dollar bin dive find it yes (laughs) And we will catch you next time here at the X Factor Files podcast. 